Hello and welcome to another podcast from the back of the net blog.com. I'm your host as always, Scott Tino, and we have a packed show for you today. What's coming up, including Scotland's new look under 21 squad, Jack Grealish and his partying, MLS 24 under 24 list, and a look at the interesting stories breaking in soccer across the world this week. But there's only one place for it to start, and that is the sacking of Sam Allardyce, or should I say the mutual consent decision for Sam Allardyce to leave his position as England manager. Only 67 days after accepting the position, Sam Allardyce has had to leave his job as England manager after a sting operation by the Daily Telegraph, which caught Allardyce on camera giving information to undercover journalists on how to circumvent rules against third-party ownership. Rules which had been put in place by Sam Allardyce's new employer, the FA. In addition to this, Sam Allardyce was caught on film making several somewhat tasteless comments about former England manager Roy Hodgson, or as Sam Allardyce called him, Woy. He also had a pop at Gary Neville in his role at Euro 2016, who he said hindered Roy Hodgson and his capabilities of running the team. He then went on to criticise the FA for overspending on the Wembley renovations, and also had a pop at the FA president Prince William and his brother Prince Harry, who he described as a naughty boy. The Football Association called his conduct inappropriate and said his contract was ended by mutual consent. Speaking to reporters outside of his home on Wednesday, Allardyce said the agreement was done very amicably with the FA and I apologise to those and all concerned in the unfortunate position I have put myself in. He also went to say that Entrapment had won on this occasion and that I have to accept that, which hints that he may not be happy with the way that the Daily Telegraph has gone about this investigation and may be set to take some legal action against the newspaper. The Daily Telegraph has faced a lot of criticism this morning from some fans who feel that it was a witch hunt against the England manager. This investigation by the Daily Telegraph was part of a larger piece that the newspaper has been working on that started over 10 months ago. Sam Allardyce may be the first and largest profile manager to fall at the hands of this investigation, but he will not be the only one, with eight other managers indicated as potentially have taken bribes from agents in the past. The information that the Telegraph has collected over the investigation has been handed over to the FA, who will look into this with a matter of urgency. The question on most people's lips this morning is how Sam Allardyce, a manager with a lot of experience behind him, could be so dumb as to be stuck into a meeting of this magnitude. Surely as he walked into the room with his agent and financial advisor in tow, the alarm bell should have been ringing as soon as he started asking questions around breaching FA rules and regulations. In addition to this, questions around what he thought about former England manager Roy Hodgson, his assistant Gary Neville, and then the FA president Prince William and his brother should also have rang alarm bells in the manager's head. However, it didn't seem to trigger as Allardyce seemed to be focused more on the money, reported to be around £400,000, rather than his position as English football's statesman. The future looks very bleak for Sam Allardyce and his managerial career in football could be over after this latest scandal. For England, they will proceed as normal with Gareth Southgate taking over for the next four games whilst the FA desperately searches for its new manager. But as they found the last time, the amount of quality English managers that are out there in the game is at an all-time low. So pickings are really slim. Steve Bruce has already been named as one of the favourites for the job 
Eddie Howe's name continuously pops up, as does Alan Pardew's. But beyond that, there isn't really many other English managers. The U.S. could allow conversations to happen with Jurgen Klinsmann, and there is also talk about potential other foreign managers. However, the FA continues to say that they want an English manager at the helm of their national team. The FA could, of course, appoint Gareth Southgate on a full-time basis if he impresses over the next four games, including the crunch tie in the World Cup qualification against Scotland. But the under-21 boss... Whilst he is interested in the national job in the future, he doesn't think that this is the right time for him to take the job. That, however, may change if the FA becomes desperate to the point where they feel Gareth Southgate is the only candidate that can take them forward. That, of course, would leave a hole in the England Under-21 setup where Southgate has done some impressive work. But that could be a risk that the FA is willing to take. Moving on and we take a look at another under-21 setup at this time in Scotland where new manager Scott Gemmell has named an interesting squad ahead of the doubleheader against Iceland and Macedonia in October. Hearts defender John Stoddart is suspended but there are a lot of new names in the squad. With qualification for next summer's European under-21 championships finals in Poland beyond Scotland... Gemmell has decided now is the time to make some rapid changes to the under-21 squad. On announcing his new look team, Gemmell made the point that several of the under-21 stars had made the transition to the full team, including Callum Patterson, Kieran Turney and Oliver Burke. He highlighted that this was a natural progression and that the squad had to adapt by bringing in some fresh blood to bolster the options. In come the likes of Reading duo Jake Shepard and Zach Jules, Liverpool goalkeeper Ryan Fulton, Newcastle's Kyle Cameron and Chelsea's Ruben Samet. There are also a lot of local base players called up to the squad including Celtic's Aidan Nesbitt, Ranger striker Ryan Hardy, Hamilton's Greg Doherty and St Johnson goalkeeper Mark Hurst. They are joined in the squad by regulars like Jordan McGee, Oliver McBurney, Liam Henderson and Craig Storey. Several people have asked about the exclusion of key players like Jack Hamilton, Stephen Hendry, Donald Love, Ryan Gold, John McGinn. Ryan Christie, Sam Nicholson, Jason Cummings and Ryan Fraser, so that those players such as Nicholson, Gold, Christie and Cummings could make the transition into the full-time squad without concerns about fracturing the under-21 setup. Sticking with youth and the Major League Soccer has announced its 24 players under 24 presented by EA Sports. The list is compiled by a panel of experts from the soccer landscape in the US and Canada and features players who are 23 years of age and younger as of the 23rd of October, the final day of the 2016 MLS regular season. It's the same age limit used around the world for Olympic soccer tournaments and for the PFA Young Player of the Year award in England. 50 players make the original list with the final 24 whittled down by a panel which includes the likes of former U.S. soccer legend Kobe Jones, Goal.com's Thomas Floyd, MLS broadcaster Jonathan Yardley and Toronto Sun journalist Kurt Larson. So which 24 players made the cut? There are 16 players making their first appearance on this list, the most debut since the ranking started in 2010. FC Dallas has the most players with four on the list, which highlights the fantastic work that their academy and youth development team are doing. 
But the top two spots are held by two new teams, Orlando and New York City Football Club, who have Kyle Lyron and Jack Harrison in the one and two positions. The exciting young Jordan Morris of Seattle makes up the number three slot, while Kelly Acusta of FC Dallas brings it in in fourth. There are positions for Vancouver's Kyuta Mene and Keegan Roseberry of Philadelphia in 5th and 6th, whilst Columbus will trap FC Dallas duo of Carlos Guerrero and Jose Gonzalez make up 8th and ninth, and Portland's Lucas Milano bringing in the 10th spot. For a full list, you can check it out at mlssoccer.com forward slash series forward slash 24 under 24 forward slash 2016. Next, we look at Jack Grealish, the bad boy of Aston Villa, or so it seems. The Aston Villa midfielder celebrated his belated 21st birthday at the Park Regis Hotel. Um, But unfortunately for Jack, there was some trouble that was reported to the police, which then got back to the club and resulting in a fine of two weeks' wages for the youngster. The club are furious at Grealish for allowing a party which he organized at the hotel to get out of control with several residents of the hotel and guests staying there complaining to staff who, unable to control the revelers, called out to police officers in the early hours of the Saturday morning. Grealish, by that point, had left the party. He apparently departed around 3 a.m. with the police being called some four hours later at 7.45. But it doesn't matter because Roberto Di Matteo, the Aston Villa boss, is furious at the player and uh, decided to find him because of his latest off-field indiscretion. This isn't the first time that Grealish has been in trouble with the club. The midfielder got caught in an uncompromising position when one of his friends took a picture of him drunk on the roadside in Tenerife in 2015. The club's patience with the player seems to be running out very quickly and if Grealish doesn't correct his behaviour, he could find himself on the way out. That said, I do have a little bit of sympathy for Jack and the way that this has been handled by the club. The player simply wanted to celebrate his 21st birthday with his friends and in doing so he decided to book a room or two at a local hotel. Now the interesting thing is that Grealish's birthday was actually the week beforehand but Grealish decided to postpone his birthday celebrations to a weekend where he knew that A he had no training the following morning on the Sunday and also that Aston Villa's next game was a further 6 days away. To me, that appears to be that Grealish is considerate about what his club's position would be and that he is not trying to be disrespectful in any shape or form. Yes, he did have a party and yes, it did get out of control, but Grealish, as far as I'm concerned, was not the person responsible for the rowdiness that was happening. The problem that the player has is that he's surrounded by the wrong people. He's surrounded by people who care less about the fact that he wants to be a professional footballer and more about the sizable amount of money that he makes from doing that. The question I think it raises is how do clubs see their players? Do they see them as employees, which is what most people consider them to be, or do they see them as property of the club? Let's consider both scenarios. If they consider... Firstly, Jack as being an employee of the club, then he is entitled to have a life outside of that club. His work is one thing, but his personal life should be a separate thing and not be monitored or controlled by the club. 
However, if they classify them as property of the club, then they have 100% control over everything that happens to that player and everything that he does. Yes, he is considered as an athlete, and yes, he does act as an ambassador to the club's values and brand. However, he is still a human being and still requires to have his own personal time away from the club and whatever they do. Finding a player for having some fun on his birthday when they knew that A, there was no training the following day and that there was plenty of time for him to recover before the next match seems a little harsh from the club, but it could be a case that they've just become tired of Grelish and his antics and are looking to make an example of him in front of the other players. Whatever the outcome, Grelish has accepted his fine and has moved on, but really it raises the question about what happens next with the player. Roberto Di Matteo, the Aston Villa manager, seems happy to include him in future squads. However, does Grelish see himself as an Aston Villa player, and more so does he see himself as a full-time footballer? If the latter is the case, then he really needs to change the way that he lives his life, even if that means ditching the friends that he has and calling time to his partying ways. And finally, just some time for some quick hits. We look at some interesting stories that are breaking in the soccer world over the last couple of weeks. Down in Derby, and there's more trouble for manager Nigel Pearson, who has been suspended by the club pending a club investigation. There is no statement so far from the Rams suggesting what has happened with Nigel, but few can really be surprised because Nigel does have a history of being a bit temperamental and a bit mouthy. Down in Swansea City and the BBC are reporting that Swansea City chairman Hugh Jenkins has met former US coach Bob Bradley with the pressure mounting on current coach Francesco Goodelin. Bradley joins former Manchester United winger Ryan Giggs in being the latest manager linked with the Swansea managerial role. And finally, if you're looking to place a bet on a team to potentially win the Champions League this year, how about a punt on Leicester City? Currently placed at 50-1, to 1, Leicester are not considered favourites to win the Champions League. However, they have made a fantastic start to their group stage. A 3-0 victory over Club Bruges in Week 1 was followed up last night by a fantastic 1-0 home victory over Porto, which leaves them top of the group, 6 points from 2 games. As a manager, Claudio Ranieri would say, it's the perfect start, dilly-ding, dilly-dong. So that's all we have time for today. As always, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments and any issues that you would like us to tackle in future pods. Thanks for listening and speak to you next time.